was it good for you? Welcome to the Lesbian Podcast. This is Charlie. And I'm Jay Church. And we have a guest host in today. We talked about her before. Um, her name is Natalie, or better known as DJ Nux. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thanks um, for coming. Did you have fun last night? Mm-hmm. Yeah, last Always. night was cock block, everybody. Yeah. Uh, I had a little too much fun. I was kind of hungover this morning, but... <laughs> I feel like we tell this story a lot. <laughs> well, it's like the only girl party I go to, so... I know, but we what always record on Sundays. Talk about? No, no, uh, yeah. I mean, Sunday, that we always come yeah, in hungover. We're like, oh, it's going to be a rough day. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so you gave away some DVDs last night at Cockblock. Mm-hmm, I did. How'd that go? Behind a wall of lesbians. <laughs> I love that Natalie I, had to tell you to go to the front. Well, I thought you were going to clear the stage, so then I was just kind of waiting, and then I thought you were going to intro like you did last time, and so I was like, didn't really know what was going on, <laughs> and then I just started talking. But it I was like the voice of God, because nobody could see you. I know, because people were like, where is she? <laughs> it's like, I was, yeah, the voice of God. <laughs> I was in the stage in the middle of a group of lesbians that were still kind of dancing, not really, because they didn't know what was going on either, I think. And for her next trick, Charlie will make DVDs <laughs> rain down from the heavens. <laughs> but it was cool that people that... Okay, so what we did was um, Wolf Video uh, generously donated some uh, DVDs for us, and we decided to pass it out at Cockblock, and... Um, Jay Church decided to make a golden ticket or, you know, eight golden tickets, or sorry, ten golden tickets, but they were printed out. I saw the originals. They looked fine. It said golden ticket, but then decided to spray glitter or glue. Well, they weren't actually gold, and that was bothering me. And I felt like we could But yellow markers won't suffice. (laughs) It has to be gold glitter. It's just not gay enough. There's nothing, nothing says gay like glitter. You know? And gold glitter? Like, how can you go wrong? Or so I thought. Apparently you can go wrong. I learned that last night. Mm. So we had to scrap all the tickets, which made it really hard to tell people who but was the winner. you didn't tell our listeners why. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, the funny part of the story. So it was like 9pm when I decided to, you know, make these tickets golden. Actually golden. And uh, We were supposed to be there at 10. <laughs> we were supposed to be to there at 10. And, um... So the only place I could get glitter was at Walgreens at this like children's glitterati pack. And <laughs> rather than including a glue stick, which I would normally consider to be a glue spreader, quote unquote, this pack had a like glue bottle and then included a glue spreading tool. I think just so it looked like there's more stuff in the package so they could charge you for it. I don't know. Mm. So I I spent probably twenty minutes pouring glue and spreading it with this tool. <laughs> And the glue sucked because it was for like three-year-olds and so they didn't want them gluing themselves and so I couldn't get the glitter to stick and then I I managed to glitter all of Charlie's kitchen in the process. (laughs) (laughs) So, you have a golden kitchen now, I don't know. I know. Anyways, the DVDs are out. Nux is here. So, we wanted to see, what do you have coming up for Cockblock? Oh, um, well next month we're having uh, Lady Tragic. She's going to do a live performance at Cockblock. Hmm. Oh, so I misunderstood. I thought she just DJs, but she actually performs as well. Um, she's she's a she performs. She's a photographer, a designer, a poet, performer, everything. Hmm, so cool. her music's really good. And what kind of music is it? It's kind of like electro 
electro dance pop hip hop synth like you know kind of fusion yeah so she'll be rapping or singing she raps and sings oh both okay and then it's uh her and uh you know she has a group of other people who perform with her too Mm. will they all be there or just Lady Tragic the whole posse are they from San Francisco Mm -hmm. yep very cool so yeah and I listen to a lot of music people give me their CDs and most of it is you know okay cool thanks (laughs) yeah and, he um, wanted to be nice and yeah, not say that, but yeah. I'm going to say it was crap. Not so good. <laughs> but she gave me her CD, and it was... I took a listen, and I was, like, really pleasantly pleased and surprised and really then wanted to have her um, come perform. Awesome. She's nice. asked me before, too. Her and music she's... is really well-engineered, and I think it fits in really well with the music that we play at Cockblock, so... Yeah. I'm excited. I can't wait to see it. And she was excited to be on the flyer, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's cute. Yay. It's always good to support local, local. artists. Mm-hmm. So a lot of lesbian parties seem like they don't last very long. Would you... Is that your experience, too? Um, at, at least in Indiana, where I'm from, they definitely don't last more than a year. <laughs> hmm. I hear they seem to last longer, though. Yeah, you just have to keep doing it. But, I mean, like, there's only one lesbian bar that's, like, full-time all the right, time. Right, right. Hmm. Why do you think that is? Why do you th- uh, I don't know. Maybe no one else has tried? Um, I have a theory. Well, it's, like, really broad in general. I was reading an article about how um, gay boy parties, there's always new ones, and the ones that people do go to, like, they're, they're always packed because guys are just guys and they like to party and they don't really nest like lesbians and once lesbians meet each other they you know get married and hide in their little love den for however long until they break up and (laughs) you know and so it's hard to sustain girl parties just because just the nature of women and how they um date and Mm -hmm. meet and stuff like that so cockblock's in like it's third year now right Mm -hmm. how have you been able to keep it so popular for so long I have no what's, idea. What's your secret? No, there is no secret. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us so we can have everyone else copy it. <laughs> I don't know. I think sometimes when you have slow nights, like every every place, every club, every party will have slow nights. And I think that some some parties, when they do have their slow nights, it, it can, for the promoter, get really... Um, it's very discouraging to continue it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think you just have to keep... Keep doing it. Keep doing it and keep things fresh and listen to what people, you know, their their reactions. Like, if, are they are they coming because they like the music? Is it the crowd? And like, I you know I go out too and I know what I'm looking for when I go out. So I try to like put that in there too. But yeah. were you know. pleased with the way the uh, pride event went off? Yes, I was very pleased. Oh with my that. god, that, that was, was a lot of fun. fun. Yes. It was a lot of work, but... Um, Worth and, it? Yes. Well, luckily, you also have a nice group of friends that help you out, like Sparks and... Yeah, I do. I'm very lucky. And um, for our listeners that are looking for pride pictures, we have a couple of um, Natalie and Sparks in cockblock underwear. <laughs> in front of the lesbian podcast sign. You guys should try to guess whose butt is whose. Whose butt is whose. <laughs> <laughs> we really, really tried to promote 
the party <laughs> at all costs. So <laughs> whatever I can do, whatever to help. I can do to help. If you're gonna go, go all out. <laughs> go naked. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So thanks for ha- um, coming on our show. Um, I'm sure our listeners are excited to finally hear you. That I exist. Yeah. yeah. We didn't that just I, make her up. Right. <laughs> That we're, we're pretending that we know you or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, we've got a great show for you, some Rainbow Rumors. Um, and also... Later we have the interview with Summer Triolo. Um, she's the inmate who was in the Virginia prison that we talked about where they were discriminating against the lesbians. So she's going to tell us about her experience there. And we also have Q News, so let's get on with it. Q News. Queer news you can use. All right, so first up this week in Q News, I'm going to follow up on a topic we talked about last week with Lieutenant Dan Choi, or last episode, rather. Um, He was one of the Grand Marshals for the San Francisco... I didn't see him. No, we didn't. But he was one of the Grand Marshals for the San Francisco Pride Parade. Whether you saw him or not, he was there. Yeah. And uh, we were talking about how he has to leave right after the parade and go face this court-martial, I guess, or some type of military tribunal to decide whether he was going to stay in, and the military board recommended that he be discharged. So, if you'll remember, this is an Arabic-trained linguist who's an officer that they, I think it was a panel of four other officers who are recommending that he be discharged. So, his discharge isn't actually through yet, but it sounds like that's where it's headed. Sad. It is sad. Mm-hmm. And I mean, especially if you think about it, like, I know when we were in the military, we were in there with a bunch of guys in the Navy who were in the military because they had the option to either go into the Navy or go to jail. And so they will let, uh, I believe Criminals. some of them even had felonies would be for like kidnapping and extortion, maybe something like that. And so they would let like hard, pretty hardcore criminals, I would think. I mean, this isn't like petty shoplifting or anything. Yeah. And the other thing I thought was interesting was that one of our good friends in the military was actually a Colombian national. So you can join the military and get citizenship for serving. And a lot of people do that. And, like, that's fine. You know, if you're going to come and risk your life for the U.S., I think you of all people should have citizenship, you know. But I just think it's interesting that we don't let our own nationals serve just because they're gay. I mean... And, you know, presumably don't have a criminal record either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm assuming he's a West Point grad. He's not a felon. But, you know, I could be wrong. I've, I've been wrong before. <sighs> Anyways, he said, um, a choice statement about the decision is, quote, I'm a leader. A setback is an opportunity to keep fighting. And I'm going to do that through my actions. So it looks like it won't be over. I imagine he's probably going to do a lot more uh, raising awareness after this if he actually is kicked out. And then, uh, also in news, we have a couple marriage topics. So, uh, we'll start with the uh, Massachusetts sues the, is suing the federal government over DOMA, the Defense of Marriage Act. And if you guys will remember, um, the state, California State Prop 8 debacle uh, recently was picked up by a couple attorneys who filed a federal claim regarding it. And so that wasn't directly uh, regarding DOMA, but I think maybe since this is coming from Massachusetts and it also is kind of about the same topic, maybe they can bolster each other's cause. I don't know. Because did you hear when they filed it that a lot of the 
state organizations here, like I think the NCLR and maybe maybe HRC, I could be wrong about that, but they were concerned that the timing was too soon because the Supreme Court's pretty conservative right now. Yeah. And that if the case went all the way up, that we could actually, uh, they could rule against it, and then there would be no gay marriage even in the states that have already legalized it. Mm. So I don't know, I'm hoping that since, if more states start suing for it, and it looks like more states are agreeing on it, you know, maybe that'll actually help. I think the appropriate way is, like, how, you know, as time goes by, um, certain states have been legalizing marriage, and I think, you know, that's a little more of a proactive way to get the ball rolling than, I don't know, suing, I guess. I mean, I definitely think it's safer to go state by state, um, because, you know, you don't want to take... You don't want the federal government to come in and say that, like, you know, gay marriage it's, is illegal and yeah. take it away from all the states who have already done the right thing and passed it. But at the same rate, I mean, I still think marriage is a federal right. You know, DOMA should have never been passed because, you know, if you're married, you file state and federal taxes. Like, you're mm-hmm. filing one set as single and one set as married, or yeah. how does that even work? Like, everything about it confusing. doesn't work. You're married in one state, but then you go to, like, Indiana and you're not anymore? Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's crazy. Makes sense. And so that's what Massachusetts is saying. Like, you know, it, this is this federal legislation is in, it's it's uh, working against our state rights because we're saying that people can be married, but as soon as they go somewhere, they're not. So we'll see what happens with that, and we'll update it. And the other marriage note that I have is uh, this also has to do with uh, Prop Eight, kind of. You know, since people can't be married in California anymore, um, Mark Leno, who is a Democrat. I think state senator, uh, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Um, he has created a piece of legislation that is aimed at recognizing out-of-state marriages in California. So I think New York recently did this too, where they yeah. said that they would recognize marriages from out-of-state. So basically, if you want to be married in California, not like literally be married here, but live in California and be married to your partner, you could go to like Massachusetts and get married and yeah. move back. So hopefully that'll pass, and maybe that'll mediate some of the issues that have happened here recently mm. and that's all i have for key news i have a question oh yes <laughs> so what if you got married um you are a heterosexual couple you got married in the state of new york and then you both move out to california mm-hmm. are you then you're still married but because you married in another state is that how does that? I mean, you're still married. Um, certain things change, like, you know, California has community property and New York probably doesn't. And mm. so, like, certain things about the way your property mm. will be viewed and stuff like that would change. But you're still married across the book no matter what. Like, your tax filing status isn't going to change or, mm-hmm. like, you know, any of the gazillions of rights you get when you're married won't. Right. Um, but for gay couples, it's different. Yeah, for gay couples, it's different. Like, I think, I'm, I think Indiana has been trying to pass legislation that would ban gay marriage. It hasn't been passed yet, but I believe that this legislation actually would not recognize marriages from out of state, even. And I think a lot of other states have stuff like that. Like, they've already passed it, where, like, you know, you can't get married and we won't even recognize it if you already are. And so, in that case, you know, if you're married, even if you're married in, like, Canada, you know, you can do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And you come here, like, it doesn't get recognized, and so you're just like, well, that would be weird. Like, nothing's mm-hmm. changed, you know? You're just like, you're living somewhere new, and all of a sudden you're a completely different entity. It's like when people get married in Mexico, mm-hmm. and they come up here. Mexico recognizes gay marriage? No. Just Certain cities do that. When, like, I don't know, when, when people just go, like, let's get married. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> go to Mexico. Can you do it in Vegas yet? Does anyone know? Mm. I feel like you should be able to. Yeah. Like, that would be such a moneymaker. 
So many people do shotgun weddings in Vegas that like I can't imagine gay marriage not be legal there. It seems like they have a very low value of marriage in that state. <laughs> but it's in Utah, which is like Las Vegas. Oh, Las Vegas. I'm like thinking. <laughs> Welcome <yeah>. back, Charlie. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> I'm not the best in geography. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. It'd be interesting to know. Anyways, that was all. That's all I have for news today. So let's get into Rainbow Rumors. Rainbow Rumors. So um, recently I've been giving out quotes from Us Weekly, my favorite <laughs> gossip magazine. This um, is probably why you don't know where Las Vegas is. Yeah. <laughs> because that's Us my Weekly doesn't material. really cover that. <laughs> well, it's that or novels. But anyways, um, but this week I got um, some rumors for you from AfterAllen.com. And I don't know if you guys have been watching Logo's show, Gimme Sugar. <laughs> Natalie just gave me the evil eye. I did not do that. <laughs> well, anyway, the Sugar Girls when they were here. So they're on their second season, and it's a reality show about a bunch of drama-filled lesbians. They're like party promoters down in LA, and um, this season they're in Miami. So. I don't know. I I watched part of the first episode and I thought it was as stupid as the first season. Um, Because I don't really understand why these girls have this show. They're not that interesting. All they do is bitch and fight. And I... It's like The Hills. I mean, why was The Hills that interesting? I feel like we're so much more interesting in San Francisco here. Yeah. We already have all the characters built out. Yeah. All the dramas are already there. Just ready to be filmed. And we're a little more... (laughs) You know, uh, socially conscious, I think. You and know? I feel like our, we're a little bit more diverse in our group. And cute. And cuter. Hello? Cute. <laughs> that's that's what I've been trying to say. It's like, these girls are not cute. Anyways. <laughs> Damn, how do you oh. really feel, Charlie? <laughs> you can. You might write, get some emails later you, you after this write episode. Write me. Write me. This is my opinion. I have the right to say <laughs> the that. The one girl's not bad. Davini or... I don't know. Devani? Devani? No. no. You can tell I watched a lot. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> so... Stupid show. Whatever. But it was like the only lesbian show right now on uh, yeah. Logo. So, anyway, saw them at Dyke March. I think I saw them with you, Natalie. They were just standing there in a group while we were talking. With me? Yeah. I don't know them. No, no, I'm saying oh. like we saw them oh, at the park. okay. Yeah. Anyways, so I just saw them, like, standing there, and, like, they were... I don't know what they were doing. It's an interesting story. No. Great story. (laughs) Thanks for sharing that. Well, I was trying to get Natalie to say what she said at the park that day. What did I say at the park? (laughs) I don't remember. You said they were, like, following you around. Were they? Yeah. Were you drunk? No. Oh, this is going everywhere. (laughs) Well, anyways, I'm expecting some email soon, so whatever. Um, and then also, do you guys watch Heroes? No. No. no neither do I, but uh, <laughs> our webmaster watches Heroes, and he gave me this little bit of information about Hayden Panettiere. Panettiere. I don't know how to say her name. You guys are really good with last names. Okay, P A N E T T I E R E. I have no idea. Isn't it? 
Huh? Yeah, she she was a cheerleader on that show. So her, I guess her name is Claire on the show, but she's going to college and she is going to be experimenting experimenting with her college roommate. She she's already planning this? this. No, like they're talking about the storyline. That's coming. oh okay. I thought you meant in like real life. No, I do. <laughs> sorry. I meant on like, heroes. I'm gonna major in <laughs> physics. And experimentation. And my roommate's vagina. Look, guys, I'm going to go to college, and I already know what's going to happen. <laughs> on the show, people. On the okay, show. Okay, we're back with you. We're back. Okay, right. continue. It was such no, a long-winded diatribe about give me sugar, I got lost in it. <laughs> hey, I don't talk about your new your That is true. News. Thank I'll be you more respectful. Much. Um... <laughs> But I just think everyone's jumping on the lesbian bandwagon. Like, there's all these TV shows now with lesbian it's characters and storylines. Yeah. I think I'm okay with that. Lesbianism being trendy? I mean, I like to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> why not? <laughs> Is that why you're a dyke? So I'm a dyke, yeah. Uh-huh. I thought so. You're one of those posers. That's why I shaved my head and everything. <laughs> Um, and then my third piece of news for you is um, DJ Kiki Daniela. Have we heard of this? Girl? I'm looking at the DJ. Quite <laughs> I? I know all the DJs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where she's based out of, but um, I guess she went on a date with Brooke Hogan. And Brooke Hogan is Hulk Hogan's daughter. She's and kind I guess of mannish. She's totally mannish. I don't even know if that counts as a lesbian <laughs> relationship. I didn't say it was. Oh. Let's wait till I finish nope, this. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I guess Hulk Hogan and his family had a reality show. Yeah. Hogan's Best. Hogan Knows Best. Hogan Knows Best. And then there's a spinoff where Brooke Hogan is like, has her own show and she's like exploring her singing career or whatever. Brooke Knows Best. <laughs> oh, is that what is it's that called? Is that the name of it? I think that's what it's called. Oh my God, that's so comical. The idea of Brooke Hogan knowing best. <laughs> What is she, 20? What is she like? I don't know. What does she do? What is she going to know anything best about? Fake tits? Um, blonde, bleach blonde pretending hair? Pretending to be a lesbian for a day? Oh, we're like know. grilling these people. This is like... This is gossip. Gossip Rainbow grilling rumors. times? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can talk shit. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You can cuss too if you want. So it must what have happened been a- this DJ and her? Oh, so I guess they interviewed DJ Daniela and... Um, they were asking her a series of questions like, did you know her beforehand? Or I think you kind of knew her gay roommate, you know, whoever. And she said, no, they were, I guess the show set up this date and like introduced the gay roommate to her at a party. And then, and then she went on a date with Brooke. It's just a date though. Yeah. Whatever. It's like set up. You know what I mean? It's totally reality, stupid setup. This is more along your line that you're saying that it's trendy now to be lesbian, so they're putting in all the shows. When people's careers, especially females, when their careers aren't going that well, they need some publicity. Like, so they do that. Perry, right? Yeah. Look up Lindsay Lohan in the news forever, and right. she hasn't had a movie it in works, years. It actually works with yeah. a DJ, too, because a lot of DJs want to get out there, so they date oh, yeah. people. Then Otherwise, they'll just be just be another DJ. Right. But you're like, oh, you're the DJ who dated Nicole yeah. Richie. Or, you're the one that kissed Bro- Brooke Hogan is how she's known right. as now. I don't know if I'd want to be known as that. She, I guess they kissed at the end. I know. Um, I really love your career no, for that one. But DJ Daniela has said now her MySpace and facebook page has totally blown up since that episode aired so. there you go see i hope it paid off, off for you Daniela. 
But Brooke said like she was an awesome kisser. That's good. High five, Daniela. Mm. High five for being an awesome kisser. Mm. According to Brooke, and Brooke knows best, so I would think she is. <laughs> mm. Ooh, more emails. Can't wait. All right, that's all I have for you. Thank you very much. All right, well, let's get into the interview with uh, Summer Triolo, who I mentioned earlier was part of was involved in the uh, prison that was discriminating against uh, women and dividing them based on how they looked, whether they looked lesbian or not. And actually, Oregon's going to be back to join us for the interview. So let's get started. Hello. Hey, Summer. How are you? Hey, how are you? Good. So I'm Jay. I have um, Oregon with me. She's going to interview too today. She's one of those. saying, hi, yeah. Summer. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Um, so what was prison like for you, for a lesbian in general? Um, well, I mean, you know, and I mean, prison itself sucks, you know what I'm saying? It was the best thing that ever happened to me. It changed my life. Um, but prison by no means, you know, is fun in any way. And really it wasn't, it wasn't hard for me as being a lesbian there with other inmates or anything. It was the guards mostly that had the issues with it. It's fault, you know, for real. I mean, if you're, if, it's, if that's, if that's the lifestyle you're living, what better place could you ask to be, you know? I mean, <laughs> For real, because I mean it's you know all the time, all the time. But um, <laughs> it uh, it was more, it was more. It, it, I mean, and, and I didn't really have any problems. So I cut my hair. Like when I cut my hair, you know, they, they define you. They got you split up. They got you. They got the fem girls and they got the stud girls. And when you're in prison, it's a tough place. You know what I'm saying? So. You know, everybody. You know, you're either gonna be one kind of girl, or you're gonna be another kind of girl. You know, what I'm saying, either you're gonna be the, be the one who gets played all the time, you know, and gets run through the muck, or you're gonna be the one who, is gonna be in control of your life and what you're doing. You know, what I'm saying. I guess in part of that, you just kind of take a stance to become comfortable with who you are. You know, what I'm saying. And when you do that, when, when that happened for me, I guess, and at some point, you know, slowly I started cutting my hair, which wasn't a thing to me. You know, what I'm saying it was just comfortable or whatever. But um, it was I, I, we started getting singled out. Now in they, now in prison they have rules and policies. Yeah, you, you know you have a policy. Just like any business or corporation you work for, there's policies and procedure, and there's a there's there's rules. Kind of like a it's like kind of like a government that you have on the outside. You know, right. we call it kangaroo court or whatever. But <laughs> you know, chain of command or whatever. But um, they have rules, and it's called a 209, and it's, it's if you have any sexual contact with another inmate or officer or whatever. Um, actually, if it's an officer, I think it's a more serious offense. But It's an to, offense for the inmate? Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it's an offense for the inmate to have yeah, sex with an officer? it's an offense for the inmate. What about the officer? Well, an officer, well, it has to be proven. See, most inmates won't come forward with it because if you do, then the inmate... It, you're not being punished. They call it protective custody. You know what I'm saying? But it's like a punishment because you go to the hole and you stay in the hole until whenever the investigation comes up. And because you want to get out of the hole so bad, most of the time people just don't end up carrying through with, you know, what needs to be carried through with. That makes sense. But, um, when did they start the... reality the... of it. Huh? Sorry, Summer. Um, when did they start the policy of separating inmates based on hair? It wasn't and a policy. Parents? It wasn't a policy. It was one person. It was one person. His name was... Uh, I guess I didn't know his first name until just recently when the article printed, but his name was Mr. Beck, and he was the unit manager of our building. And um, he's been in trouble before with speculation of him messing with females and whatnot. And uh, I think that he just had this chip on his shoulder where he didn't well, – I'm speculating there, so I'm not going to go there. What happened was that he had a building and that when he got wind of a couple, somebody had being coupled up or whatever, he would split them up. But when he started splitting them up, there was nothing out now – 
the rule is if you now if you get busted, like saying a two hundred nine, a sexual orientation or whatever, if you get busted in the room together, you're not supposed to be in that room with that person. Well, then you've been you you violated their procedure, or their policy, and you get receive a ticket infraction or whatever, and you get you go through your kangaroo court process or whatever. Mm-hmm. And most times at that time, you get split up because they know you're a couple and and it's illegal or against the rules or whatever. But what was going on is that nobody was getting caught. Nobody had been in trouble. Nobody had been doing anything. And just based on our appearances, because of the way we looked, it seemed like when they when they split everybody up, the people they split up were all the little boys. The people they called the little boys or the ones who had, you know, it was, it was the studs. All the studs got put in one, one wing together. And then and when we when we started mentioning it, like there was no reason for them to be moving us. We hadn't, you know, violated any kind of, you know, procedure, policy, blah, 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 blah. They, uh... They were like, well, y'all are all women. There is no discrimination here. And I was like, well, you're right. We are all women. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But if you put all the black women in one wing and all the Asians in one wing and all the whites in one wing and all the, you know, Mexicans in another wing, well, we'd all still be women, but it'd still be discrimination. You're doing it by based on what we look like. You know exactly. What I'm saying? I haven't. I haven't, you know, I haven't, I haven't been in trouble in almost four years. I've just completed an apprenticeship. I'm getting ready to go home. You don't even know my name. You just know, you see me friendly with this person, you know what I'm saying, for a long period of time or whatever, because there wasn't no drama. We weren't in there fighting and arguing and all the dysfunctional, crazy crap, you know what I'm saying? We were just friends, you know, friends mm-hmm. that with benefits or extras or whatever <laughs> may have been going on, you know what I'm saying? So how but long? got wind of it. He got wind of it, and because of that, he split us up. And instead of, if he's going to split us up, why was I the one chose? Why why wasn't she chose? Because she was a feminine looking one. You know what I'm saying? Right. So how long was it from the time that you guys started complaining about the separation till the AP caught wind of the story? Um, well, the AP didn't get wind of it until after I got home. We started complaining about it. I got moved there in August of '05. I mean, not '05. August of '08. '07. Damn it. I want to say '07 because '08 yeah, is when I got released. It was August of '07 is when I got moved over there, and um, until after I come home. There has been going on. So, was there it any? It goes on. I mean, they said that they said they split that wing up. I guess they had to, so it didn't. So, when people come to look at it, it wouldn't. You know, they wouldn't open the door and have a whole bunch of little girls with short haircuts. You know what I'm saying? And baggy <laughs> right. clothes, or whatever. So, I guess they, you know, filter that out or whatever. But there's the same kind of discrimination is always going to go on, and it basically boils down to when you have that many men working in a prison, and and. We have men like that working in a prison, anyways, in a women's prison. You know what I'm saying? Something's wrong, anyways. You know, and it's just. Not all the time, you know, not all of them are like that, but the, but it's just a, it's an ego kind of thing, I think, and it becomes an ego trip on them towards us, and it becomes a battle, you know, that's what it turns out to be, and there was no way for us to win the battle, you know, because they, they're, they're, the, they're the people in blue, and the only way, mm-hmm. when we started complaining about it, like, look, this violates our rights, you know what I'm saying, bottom line, this, this violates y'all's policy and procedure, we try to do it by paper, their policy, their procedure, the whole nine yards. And you can't fight them, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're too, we're inmates. We couldn't fight them, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, this lawyer, Helen Trainer, who was there for other reasons, she was there investigating medical stuff because they have an HMO there, who ended up getting wind of it and um, wanted to, I guess, take some kind of action on it and couldn't because of they didn't have the resources or the money or the court that she was going in front of. They were too conservative. Whatever it was that she had said happened, um, so I guess her, her, she felt like her outlet was to turn it over to the press. So, I had read in an article that there was a former guard, um, I believe his name is Mr. Drumheller, that he mm-hmm. quit because of the treatment um, being forced on you guys, being suspected butch lesbians. They quit. Well, the, the, treatment, the treatment for them was shitty, too, though. You know yeah, I can like, imagine. They were treated yeah. like dog shit, too. I mean, Why, they were just right. above us. Why were they being treated like dog shit? I mean, if they, if they didn't... 
I mean, because they have they they have a manual, a policy and procedure they're supposed to go by. And when you're when you're trained to be an officer, you're trained by that policy and procedure. But once you get in there, you know what I'm saying? It's not policy and procedure anymore. It's their rules. It's an old boys' it's club. How they you want don't it speak right. out. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's their conduct and how they go about it. And and you know, so and, and and a lot of people get fed up with it. A lot of people are chained to it. A lot of people, I think, like it because you just have some sick people in there who just like to fucking <laughs> aggravate. Mm-hmm. Excuse my language. They like to to aggravate and antagonize and all that kind of stuff. And then you have some in there who are just tra- trapped to it because it's a small town community, small rural America. That's the only kind of income they have. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it, I mean, it, it makes them hard too. It changes them because they have. I mean, they have to deal with a lot of people in there. It's not all good people in there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, mm-hmm. I believe everybody in there is good in their own in their own heart and their own soul or whatever. But you know, you have to deal with a lot of chaos. You know what I'm saying? And so, was there any retribution for people that did file grievances, or were the butch women treated differently? And if so, how? Say it again. Can you please repeat that? I'm sorry. Um, so, for the people who did file complaints about the treatment of being separated, were there any? Was there any retribution enacted towards them? No, nothing. Not not within the prison. No. That's but like, reason why I went to the. So the guards didn't no, treat you any differently. Huh? The guards didn't treat you any differently because you complained. Oh, the guard- you mean the guards on a general basis? Yeah, like if you made a complaint about the about being separated, were you treated any differently? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, they would, they, yeah, they would pick on you even harder. And then we got to the point to where they had us in that wing, and we were all grieving them for it. They had a grievance policy, you know. what I'm saying we were writing them up and grieving them and grieving through their policy or whatever. Well, what they started doing was they would make it so we couldn't see nobody. They would they would make our building because they have a rotation. You have a three o'clock count, three thirty count. And then at 4 o'clock, we start calling chow. We go by buildings. And every week, the building rotation is supposed to change. You know what I'm saying? Like, like building 5 may go first all, you know, this week. But next week, when the next shift starts, you know, it'll be building 3. And then it'll be building 2. And it'll be building 1. Well, they made it where we always went first. And nobody else in the whole compound could come out until all of us were back in the wing. Once we were back in the wing, then the rest of the population could come out. Treated like And there was no like reason predators. for it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Other than them just trying, just just being jerks, um, we were raising raising so, Cain about it. You know that was just their way. That was their way of being able to, you know, keep picking with us back and forth. Did you have any uh, contact with the warden who was happens to be a female? Her name's Barbara Wheeler. Um, Barbara Wheeler. I've never had any personal contact with her. I mm-hmm. have seen her. She makes her rounds, but she doesn't. Most times, she waits till it's late at night when the inmates are in the bed or you know whatever where there is no conversation time she's just mm-hmm. checking out the facility she has she did this one particular time miss cox who um she's the head of operations which means she's over top of the policy procedure and the manual and all that stuff the whole thing that we were you know fighting on or whatever mm-hmm. um and we asked her you know when she came to our wing one day because what we did as a joke back to them it was christmas time we decorated our we we're allowed to decorate our wings and we decorated it as the locker room because that's what they kept calling <laughs> the locker room so we decorated it like a locker room you know footballs and basketballs and all this kind of stuff <laughs> get what so when they for. came in when they came in all the officials all of them you know from the from the warden the assistant warden major to Cox, all of them came in to do their judging of the Christmas trees and whatever. They asked us why we chose to do that. And we were like, well, why do you think? You know what I'm saying? There's 60, this this wing holds 60 women, and there's at least 48 of us to 52 of us, or, you know what I'm saying, that look, you know, and carry a certain way. And Miss mm-hmm. Cox was like, well, what are y'all talking about? Y'all are all women. And I was like, well, does it not appear to you that, you know, 
you know, there's something that doesn't look right or that, you know, can you not match? You know, she's like, well, it does appear that you guys have been selected. That's what she said for baby. Did you watch Sesame Street as a kid? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, I said I would have asked the warden if she watched Sesame Street as a kid. (laughs) No, you should have seen her... Her quote in her paper, man, like she's, oh man, she's just about the politics. She has, she don't care about that prison or what goes on in there. She lets everybody else, she lets everybody else down the other chain of command, run the shit, run the stuff, and then she just handles the politics, probably the money and the paperwork, and you know, trying to kiss up to the governor or whatever they do. I don't know what they do. That's just, you know, politics, I guess. So, are all the lesbian relationships in prison pretty much um, like the heteronormative, where one's kind of masculine and the other one's feminine? No, not always. Not always? A lot of times it's a lot of, most time it's femmes, you know what I'm saying? Most time it's two femmes together, you know, majority, and then you got a few that, you know, I guess that are, I don't know, Some I think some of them girls in there really think they are men, I don't know, you know, honestly. <laughs> um, I think they're confused, some of them, you know what I'm saying? I don't know, you know, whatever, or they, or, or they feel more comfortable in that frame of mind or frame of whatever, I, you know, some of them in there in my opinion, the ones I'm thinking of while, while I'm talking, you know, I think it's more of a power trip for them. But, um, so really this didn't yeah, do anything. Yeah, they do separate off like that. It does separate off like that. Either you're going to be feminine girl or not. You know what I'm saying? But, like, really separating the butches and the fems didn't do anything to completely get rid of the relationships. No, hell no. So then, no. like... Just like in the club, I mean, yeah. you see two femmes who are with each other. I mean, yeah. Well, then I was reading that, you know, in, in a gay male prison, sometimes they separate gay male um, inmates for protection, and that's okay. Right. So was any of you this for safety reasons? Yeah, but you have to... No, not... In, come on, man. The only thing you have to worry about is girls hooking up, and they might get into an argument or fight, and if they do, put them where they belong. If they get in an argument or fight, break them up, split them up. They don't mm-hmm. deserve to live together no more because it's unhealthy anyways. Put them in the hole for whatever time it is they fought, and then go on about your merry way. You know what I'm saying? But it's not... Nobody gets picked on or tormented behind none of it. Not in a women's prison. Not in a men's prison. I can see it being differently. In a men's prison, a women's prison, it's completely. It's two different, two different worlds. It's polar opposites. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. But in my opinion, from people that I know who have been, you know, on both sides or whatever, I've been on one side and I know people that's been on the other side. You know. Right, and I mean that's that's the only reason I asked is because you know we just we wanted to hear from someone who's actually been there. They're more separated for protection. You know what I'm saying, rather than. Because, you know, you can think, I'm sure you can think of a few nasty dudes who would do nasty things to people who work, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, Coercion or, or, yeah, based on violence. Um, so I something I found really interesting and absurd was that the warden, Barbara Wheeler, said that um, that the separation wasn't happening and that even if it yeah, were, she, she it wouldn't condone it. Of our imagination. Right. <laughs> and, and that she had no idea why... Uh, the, the guard, Mr. Drumheller, the one who quit because it it was just too much. Um, she had n- could not recall why he'd even left, and I just I just find that to just be a load of crap that she turns the other way and pretends that nothing's happening. Well, it sounds like she wasn't even working there. <laughs> the one, yeah. that's, that's, that's my whole point. You never see her. She doesn't work there. She doesn't. She's that's why I said she's completely involved in the politics, and it's the other get people, the major and. Well, I don't even know if they have an assistant warden. They didn't have one when I was there because the major, prior to this new major who just came on, was fired for 30 counts of sexual conduct with, with inmates, Major G. Wow. I wonder if that's why Google they moved it. all the butch women out. with me, Google Fevana Correctional Center, Major G. It just happened last August. Wow. 30 counts of sexual carnal knowledge with inmates. Maybe he just moved God. all the butch women out to make it easier for him. <laughs> yeah, well, he was actually, you know what? He was the good guy, man. He was the one that would put us all together. I mean, that's where he wanted to go. 
Really? <laughs> I'm not mean, sure I'd consider him a good a guy for that. Because he's a skeezball. Right. Know? Yeah. You know, have you, you know, your feminine girlfriend's talking to him and flirting in his face or whatever. I mean, you know, not for me, but it's happened for other girls. That's how they got the game done. And, that, you know, he would put them where they'd want to put them. I mean, I don't know what they were giving him in in return because nothing's free, obviously. You right. know what I'm saying? But, Especially not in prison. <laughs> but somebody was giving him something because there was 30 counts of it if he sent a girl home pregnant. Whoa! It's not speculation. It's on. It's on. You can Google it yourself and see for yourself. Wow. Well, um, as I was researching your story for this interview, um, this has actually made news in Taiwan and like all over the world. Were you surprised it it reached so many outlets? And how yeah, has your life really changed since? I was really surprised. I was really blown away. Honestly, has your life changed at all since it's hit? No. Um. No, I mean the because the, I because we my, the reporter Dina Potter had wrote me or had called me and emailed it to me before it hit, and then like two days went by. As I had Googled it, she told me I could Google it next day and see our names, and I did. And then the final the the third day, it hit the newspaper here, and then a lot of my friends from home had recognized me and called me or whatever. But no, nothing's changed really. And I don't want it to, you know what I'm saying? I'm comfortable living my life, but I just felt like what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong, and I feel like we were held accountable for our actions, you know what I'm saying, and that they should be held accountable for theirs as well, you know? Do you have any plans to engage in, like, activism in the future now that you've kind of started being an activist for prison inmates? I would love to. If I had the opportunity and the time and the resources, I would love to. Awesome. And as far as you know, has the, pract- the practice of separation um, in that prison, has it ended? Um, that's what the newspaper said, but from what I hear, it's the same old, same old shit. Wow. Excuse my language, I'm sorry. No, you're allowed. We're uh, explicit. It's here, it's like 10 here. <laughs> we, we speak like sailors here. Yeah, we're rated explicit, you're fine. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much, Summer. We'll let you go ahead and get to bed. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Summer. Have a good night. All right. Me too. Bye. Well, that was good to have Oregon back. And um, remember to check out our website, thelesbianpodcast.com. Um, there is a daiku section. Daily daikus. Daily daikus. Yeah, we got section some new ones up there. That you can check out from uh, Miss Erica Culp. And then also. Also known as the Mischievous Merkin. Yes. <laughs> oh, we like that name better. Um, and we also want to thank those of you that have supported us in the past and continue to support us. Um, There's a donate button on the website as well. And also tell your friends about us. We love new listeners, and I'd also love to hear from you. Got, um, like, three or four Ask Charlies since last time. You actually have one you need to respond to now. Yeah, so if you have any questions about, you know, your love life or whatever it may be, send in an email to me on thelesbianpodcast.com. We also have a bunch of new pictures up from all the cock blocks that have happened recently, and Dyke March Pride, the pita float with the vegan strippers. That was an interesting one. Vegan? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. With the bikinis made out of uh, vegetables. I they were strippers, what? though. They were, like, on poles. They were supposed to be. Oh, use. yeah. I mean, they aren't in real life, clearly, but... Well, maybe not so clearly. I don't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the so pictures there's... pictures are awesome. Though. Yeah, the pictures are awesome. We're also going to be putting more pictures up, so keep coming back and checking it out. And thank you for DJ Next coming in. Thanks for Short having me. Short notice. Yep. With Gidget. With Gidget. <laughs>
the dog. And um, Gidget the dog. Gidget the dog. Gidget looks up like what? I was just looking like. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's it. Episode twenty one. Nice. Thanks everyone. Stay sexy. Was it good for you?